Today I'm talking with Veronica and Miguel of Siete Foods about their mission, current products, which are some pretty incredible paleo-friendly tortillas, advice they have for someone who wants to bring a product to market, rebranding, and their favorite ways to enjoy their awesome tortillas. Well, today we are back with an interview that I am just so excited about. I've been working with these folks um, about wanting to bring them on the podcast for a little while because I just love this company. I love what they're up to. I love the mission and the foundation. Um, And it just feels like, I don't know if they'll have me, but I feel like I'm a part of their family. I'm claiming them anyways. (laughs) I know they hear that a lot. (laughs) Well, you are a a Garcia, so. That's true. Close close enough. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Well, that just just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Well, I am so excited about um, introducing you guys to Siete Foods, specifically Miguel and Veronica Garza, uh, two members of the family. I'll let them tell you more about their company and their products and their mission, but Um, If you haven't already seen Siete Foods, they have these incredible paleo-friendly tortillas. They have one that is nut-free, made with cassava flour, and one um, that is made with almond flour. And I'm sure these guys can jump in and either correct anything that I'm saying that's wrong or add all the good details, but they're just wonderful. I have a pack in my freezer at all times, heat them up. Um, I love to make breakfast tortilla tacos with them and all kinds of great things. So I'm excited to have you guys on the show and uh, and welcome to the Fed and Fit podcast. Thank you. We're excited to be chatting with you. Yeah. yeah thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead and jump into it. If you guys want to tell us a little bit about Siete Foods, maybe your mission, how y'all got your start, uh, what current products you do have, and where folks can find them, just to cover, you know, the basis, and then we'll get into other fun conversation topics. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so our business has been around for a couple of years now, um, but we really got started with uh, an original product, uh, an almond flour tortilla, about six years ago. Um, actually, a little longer now, maybe seven years. So I started making an almond flour tortilla. Um, I w- seven years ago, I was living in Laredo. Um, for many years, I was dealing with a couple of different autoimmune conditions. One of them being lupus. Um, the other one is ITP, um, which is basically like uh, low platelet counts. And um, wasn't feeling very well, just always sick, um, often on medication, prednisone, um, just not taking care of my health or just not feeling well in general. And um, one of my older brothers, Rob, had suggested that I start following a grain-free diet. He thought that, um, well, he had done a lot of research and read that it could alleviate a lot of autoimmune symptoms. So I started doing that, and I did start feeling a lot better. Um, Pretty much all of my lupus symptoms went away. Um, and it, it was great cause I felt better, but there was definitely some stuff missing in my diet that just made it a little annoying and difficult. Um, it was at, sad. Let's was. be honest. <laughs> it was a sad, I mean, I'm sure most people who are listening know that, uh, 
tacos and lettuce, while they are great, <laughs> I don't want to make anybody feel bad. They're also very, can be sometimes a little sad when everybody else is eating tortillas. <laughs> yeah, and he knows that because when I started eating grain-free, my whole family started doing it with me. So we're a family of seven, five uh, kids. We're all adults now, um, married and, uh, you know, grown up, not living in our parents' home anymore. But just when we would get together on weekends and um, for holidays and stuff, just everybody started doing what I was doing um, sort of just to help me. Uh, They knew that it would make it easier if we were all following that diet. So I didn't have to be the one person that was eating a piece of lettuce on the side when, you know, we were cooking fajitas in the backyard. So um, he understands how difficult that was initially when, you know, we were all trying to eat this grain-free diet. So I've always liked cooking, um, never done it professionally, never studied, but I just got into the kitchen and, and, you know, thought about the stuff that I could eat, what I couldn't eat. Um, growing up, I always saw my grandmother making tortillas and, um, loved them. I mean, those are, other than ours, those are the best tortillas I've ever tasted. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to develop one of my own, so I couldn't have corn, I couldn't have flour, but I knew that I could eat nuts and, uh, that's how the first tortilla came to be. And I was, uh, hesitant to let anybody try them because I'm always, my, uh, hardest critic and uh, I did I did let my family taste them and they liked them and it was a big deal that when my father tried them uh, he liked them and he's you know he likes his Mexican food uh, the way it's it's supposed to be so it was a big deal that you know everybody liked it um, they were on board with it and I um, started introducing them to you know other friends and family members and they kind of caught on and people started asking for them regularly and I found myself in the kitchen on the weekends um, making them, you know, for hours uh, because people were asking for them. So finally, um, a couple of years ago, my mother and I decided to turn this into a business and this was really at my brother Miguel's um, suggestion. Uh, He's always been sort of the entrepreneur of the family, and he thought it was a good time. Um, we knew that there were a lot of people out there who were in a similar situation as me, um, couldn't eat grains, and um, we knew that there was a market for them. And we, we just wanted people to be able to try them, and we wanted to get them into more hands. So uh, somehow, uh, my brother sneaked his way into the business. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's now CEO of our company, Um, and we have uh, another tortilla on the market right now, as you mentioned, the cassava and coconut tortilla, and uh, we're now in in, uh, many states nationwide selling our products, and uh, just really excited that there's so many people that can try them now and just the response that we're getting is great. People are so excited that they can now eat tortillas when they haven't eaten them in years. Uh, We get emails like that all the time. People saying, thank you, you know, my child or, you know, myself, I haven't had a taco in, in 10 years. So this is great. So it's, it's a really exciting thing for us to be able to do. 
That's awesome. It just sounds so rewarding. Just the story of, of your family all joining in back then and um, following a paleo protocol at the same time as you is heartwarming in and of itself. And then to turn around and make something so wonderful like this to share with everybody else, it really is like you're opening up. Um, you guys, I mean, something that impresses me with Siete Foods is you guys really lead with the heart. It's very obvious and apparent in um, your business and your products. And so um, I just think it's, it's they're incredible products, but you guys have a lot going on behind the scenes that make it even more special. So congratulations on, on a successful launch. I understand being your own worst critic when it comes to coming up with new <laughs> recipes. I, uh, there, are, there are things that to this day I have cooked for myself hundreds of times and maybe it'll wind up on a social media platform and someone will ask for the recipe and I'll be like, really, you want that? <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I understand. That's great. Um, well, personally, as a consumer, also, thank you for putting it out to market. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. So where are you guys? Remind me where you're from originally. Uh, from Laredo, Uh it's about three hour, uh, two hours south of San Antonio, where you're at, mm -hmm. right on the border of Mexico and Texas. Yep. So border town. Good old border town. I have. I think we may have talked about this at that dinner in Austin, but I have family there as well. Um, and right. then, and then you're based out of Austin now. Is that correct? We are. Yes. Very cool. And I think most folks can find you in Whole Foods. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yes, Whole Foods, Natural Grocers. Um, we just launched into Earth Fair, if you're listening and you're in the uh, southeast part of the country and um, some other uh, smaller uh, independent natural food stores across the country as well. Very exciting. And if folks can't find you in the store, can they order online? They can definitely order online. <laughs> uh, that's siete, sietefoods.com. Awesome. Yeah, that's and that's oh, for, for the non-Spanish speakers, that's Siete, like the number seven, S-I-E-T-E dot -E com. That is, that's probably a very good thing to share. <laughs> yeah. S-I-E-T-E foods dot com. That's right. Foods. Nice. That's very smart. Well, that's awesome. And I do recommend ordering online if this is something that intrigues you. I'm going to get in. I have more questions for them, but before I forget... Because um, the tortillas really do freeze well, so I think it's a good idea to. I like to. I like to have, like I said, a stash, um, and then whenever I need some, I just put a bag in the refrigerator and let them defrost overnight. Like if I'm going to do a big breakfast taco display the next morning for guests that are visiting. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I would love to pick your brain a little bit um, on some stuff on the business side because there are a lot of listeners who. I are either they've been blogging for a while or maybe they're thinking about blogging um, and then there's also some folks who in this in this vein you know this paleo friendly vein there's things that there's products that people want to bring to market um, but it can seem like a really intimidating process it's just it's the very it very murky waters if you've never done it before and I would just love to know if you guys have any any generic advice for somebody who may want to bring a food product to market. What is, what is that journey like? Uh, well, I, well, I think I, I, I think to touch on just like the whole mindset that you have to be in, we, we have something that we started saying at our office, which is 
kind of been a family mantra and we just never really knew it but like basically what whatever you do be all in mm -hmm. um and i think like as a I don't know the the word that I'm gonna use is entrepreneur, but I even think like a lot of people are using that word these days. Like if if you want to put a product or a service to market, um, it's kind of like having a baby. And I don't have a baby, but I've always heard that there's never a right time to have a baby. <laughs> and I would say the same is probably true for bringing a product to market. Like you can do. Um, a ton of market research and you can do you know different things that will maybe make you think that you have a better chance of surviving but the only real way to do it is to um is to just do it and nike didn't pay me to say that either so i hope <laughs> they don't get mad that i said that but that's really just like you like that because that was definitely something you know my sister created this product and like somewhere in the uh, 2009-2010 uh, time frame. And we, or she at least, wanted to bring it to market um, from then until we did in 2014. And there was always like a hurdle, like you need a commercial kitchen, you need to get all of these permits and licenses, and it's too hard, and what if it doesn't work, and all of these, you know, like mental barriers that we uh that we put in um to our mind but i i think once we decided like oh well like which one will we regret more mm -hmm. uh doing the business or not doing the business um and it was like not doing the business that we would regret more so i i mean i'm not telling people to pour their life savings into something but i definitely think that that the biggest hurdle is just making a decision that like, yeah, this business may not work out, but I at least did it. Um, and then I can go back to my regular nine to five um, if it doesn't work out. Hmm. I yeah, that's. I, I remember my brother telling me that when we were getting started. He was like, are you, just think about how you're going to feel if you don't do it. And, you know, somebody, this scared me a little bit, somebody's going to put something out there that's just exactly like what you're doing and you're going to feel horrible that you know you didn't do it yourself so I think that is definitely one of the reasons why I decided to just jump in and do it mm -hmm. that's that's great advice and I really identify with that um I I've said this a bunch on the blog before so longtime listeners are have heard this but when I decided to start my blog I actually launched in the summer of 2011 but I had my name picked out a year in advance and I knew I wanted to do it. And I was just, and it was just a food blog. I wasn't even trying to sell anything at that point. Um, and, but I was, I was nervous. I was nervous that the market was crowded or, you know, who am I to get out there and, and bring something available, you know, have content for folks. Um, and I finally jumped in and I decided I launched it when I was 25 because I thought, well, 25 is a good is a good time to do something like this. Um, but, you know, it really it really is scary. But I think that if you and it took me a while, it took me about three years before I really felt like I had something unique enough to package virtually package in my case, because it's a nutrition, food and fitness program that Julie Bauer and I collaborate on. But 
it took me three years to really figure what that out what that was. Whereas you kind of entered with this awesome, unique product. There was a need in the market, and you knew that, and you, you went for it. And I think that if anyone's listening and you do have that thing that the world doesn't have yet, um, then you owe it to yourself to go for it. You have to give it a try, I think. Um, and whatever that balance looks like for you, of course, is a personal decision, but definitely go for it. It's scary for everybody. You know, I think that when folks see something that's successful, we tend to think, oh, well, it must have been easy for them <laughs> because yeah. because look, they're in Whole Foods and they have this beautiful branding and oh, they're coming out with more products. Oh my gosh, they just opened up a gorgeous new warehouse in Austin, Texas. They just, it just must be easy for them. <laughs> and I think that, I think that. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. There's, there's work. And um, deciding that you're all in, just like Miguel said, that has to go into making something a success. Well, that's really, really great advice. Speaking more about your success and journey um, to where you guys are now, I know that you rebranded. I don't know how long ago it was, but you rebranded um, your name at least. I think, was there a logo change that went with that or not? I'm not sure. But um, I know that that's something that really intimidates people, at least when picking a business name. I get emails a lot from folks who just want advice on, well, what name should I go with? Should I brand my name? Should I brand this other thing that I've thought of? What about a logo? And they're afraid to start before um, they have this perfect name. And I would just love to get your opinion on rebranding um, and what that process is like and you know, if there ever is a, a good time to do it or if you just have to go for it. Uh -huh. For sure. Um, well, I think just speaking from a brand name perspective, because this, so it was like a long process for us. And the original brand name must be Nutty, which we try not to use anymore at all so people that don't get confused. Um, uh, it was because I am a, so like me and my sister are polar <laughs> opposites because she's a perfectionist and I'm like a, like we just need just to move as it. fast as we can. <laughs> So we were sitting there like, well, what's a great brand name? And you can literally like throw every name on the board and you could go through a year-long exercise to find the perfect brand. And in my, in my mind, you've already lost like very, very valuable time mm -hmm. um, doing that. And so the original name was like, oh, well, you know, we're starting a business and it's nuts. So we must be nuts for starting a business. Well, it must be nutty. <laughs> ah, ha, ha, that's kind of cute. All right, let's do it. Let's go make bags. And it was really because we had we had uh, begun to knock on uh, retailers' doors, um, and we asked them like, "Hey, we have this product." And I actually told my sister like, "Hey, make me some product, and I'm going to go around. I'm just going to knock on local doors, send emails, uh, try and do anything to see if we can get a customer. Like, let's see if we're if we're crazy for doing this." And um, Wheatsville Food Co-op, which is a local co-op here in Austin, was so supportive that they said as soon as you come up with a brand name and have a label and have a product like that you're ready to put out there we're ready to take it like just go do it and come back and we'll sell it on the shelves awesome yeah um, at this point we didn't even have a company we had nothing yeah so <laughs> it was like oh okay then we just need to move fast we didn't have time to really think you know we didn't even have time to think like well what what can this company actually do and it wasn't until uh, through some mentors that we really started to examine, okay, like what, what kind of company do we want to be? Do we want to be a grain-free uh, bakery products company? 
and we kind of thought about that for a little bit like well maybe because there are some other things that we would want to do um and i say we very loosely because my sister creates all the products and i just i'm like her i'm basically my sister's hype man uh like i'm the one jumping around telling people how awesome stuff is uh and so yeah, we decided like, no, grain-free baking, like we're not a baking family. We don't even know uh, anything about that. And we kept coming back to like, well, you know, we are Mexican-American and like, like we can't fake that. Like that is authentically us. And it's much easier to be authentic um, mm-hmm. as a brand than to try and be something you're not. Like it, it'll just come natural to you. So we decided probably it was about a year and two months ago, like, okay, well, we're going to be a Mexican food company and we're going to own that. And then once we decided that, it was like, okay, now we have to come up with a name. And we really like threw every name up on the board and we took a lot into consideration. Um, I would say we still probably overthought it. Uh, But then we just went with you know, we, we so we had a gym in Laredo called G7, and so mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we're already owning this like seven thing, um, siete. That sounds kind of cool, and and then we even went through the process of because uh, you know people put a lot of like thought into brand names, and it's like, well, you know, like Chipotle Mexican Grill, mm-hmm. they're a pretty big deal, right? And right. they called you know they they named their company after a pepper. And, like, how confusing is that, right? Like, Chipotle Mexican Grove. But they've totally owned that brand name. And I think that that's the biggest thing is, like, like okay, fed and fit. Like, you could put those words together, but then you, as an individual, have owned that brand so much that you're the one that gave meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you could name your company anything and i and i don't mean to to say that that your name is meaningless by any means i'm just saying that the 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 company the company or the person is what creates the authenticity in the brand so i think it is a very daunting task but once you realize like that that the the customer service is is what creates the brand that the content is what creates the brand that the product or that the service generally like all of those things create the brand because Google is a billion dollar company. Um, and I, I forget what it's, it's something having to do with, with a math, uh, something dealing with a number as to how they name their company, but like, it doesn't matter. Like that's just now an Easter egg to, uh, what their brand actually is. Like they've become a verb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, they could have called themselves really anything, but the product that they were creating and the vision that they had for their company was what created the brand. Awesome. Man, you killed that answer, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've a, been waiting for that. Have, have you? That building up. <laughs> No, that's great. I think it really, really is great. You know, I remember my sister is a Texas country music singer. And when she was trying to pick a stage name, she, I mean, they talked about it for a solid year about what name she chose. And and just, just to your point, it didn't matter. It really, really didn't matter at the end of the day because Kimberly is Kimberly. And people aren't, don't find her because they really like the name Kimberly Dunn. 
you know, they find her because they like her music, which is her product. Um, and they stay because she's this vivacious, fun, entertaining, positive girl. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Man, 10-4. That was great. <laughs> awesome. Um, my mom will be proud of me. If my mom's listening to this, she's like maybe clapping behind Ugh, the Crying. Behind. She's going to be crying. Yeah, she might be crying too. Tears of joy. Oh, that's really beautiful. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, well, let's shift gears again really quickly because there's no way I can top that. Um, what I, I want to talk a little bit more about your tortillas. So... What are y'all's personal favorite ways to enjoy the two different types of tortillas you have? I have now a couple very, very biased pers- favorite ways to enjoy them. Um, one of them is the uh, the almond one as an empanada. <laughs> because uh, yeah. when we were, just so you guys know what I'm talking about, when we were in Austin for Paleo FX, the Siete family was very, very gracious and hosted a few of us for a dinner. And they put together, I'm sorry if I'm saying anything I shouldn't say, but I'm a... Yeah. Perfectly I'm a, a share-all share kind of girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they hosted us for a five-course dinner, and each course featured um, one of the two tortillas, and it blew us away. It was so delicious. The cassava flour tortillas were fried up into tortilla chips, and I, I mean... I think that if I put a bowl of those tortilla chips in front of my dad and next to something from his favorite Mexican food restaurant, I don't think he could tell which one is paleo friendly. I really don't. They were they were awesome. Thank you. Killer. They were so killer. And then the dessert course, I mean they were all great, but the dessert course um was that empanada and I I think did it have a guava filling? It did. Right. Yeah, I think it did. Cheese. And so, and so, let's let's be honest because the, the tortilla made, yeah, the tortilla made that like good, but it was really. Uh, so my best friend, and I think I introduced him to you guys, yes. uh, and- Andres. Uh, he works for a local. Uh, well, they're not local, but uh, a startup here in Austin, and he's their chef. And he actually had a. He was a the executive chef at a restaurant in New York. Um, it was a Mexican tapas restaurant. Uh, and so he kind of, I think it was guava filling, but uh, he's kind of the, he's the man. He's oh the gosh. one that made that, that happen. <laughs> well, he blew us away. You just, both of your powers combined. It was a very, you know, <laughs> it was, it was an awesome moment. It was insane. Yeah. And I, I just. Still dreaming two, about it. Two days ago, I, I was like, dude, I'm going to make your ribeye ceviche. Like, I bet you I can do it. And I tried. And, like, it was okay. But, I, I mean, I don't know how he did it. I really don't. Like, I, I, he, I did exactly what he told me to do. Um, and I was telling my wife, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to love this. Like, I'm going to make it, and you're going to love it. He's and I made her, like, a, yeah, I am. Um, and so I made it, and... Uh, she opted for the burger patty instead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, if you're, if you're, if your chef friend is available next year, um, I think you could sell tickets and make a killing because (laughs) it was killer. And if, and even if that doesn't work out, it's just like buckets of those empanadas would, would go fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. So sidetrack, but I would love to know (laughs) what are y'all's, favorite ways to use your tortillas or maybe what are some of the coolest recipes that you've seen uh, come across the bow from folks who've bought your tortillas? Gosh, well, I guess I, I, 
I kind of use them just as a bread replacement. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a tortilla replacement. That's that's the obvious one. Um, but I find myself, and thankfully I have access to them every day, but I use them every day to make like just little sandwiches um, or, you know, in the evenings I might use it as a pizza crust, um, throw some toppings on there, throw it in the oven. Um, I've used them to make lasagna. So pretty much anything like bread, noodle replacement you can use the tortilla. So I don't know if I have a favorite recipe. Um, That's just kind of my general go-tos. Those are good ones. I, I'm, yeah. I'll go ahead. Sorry, oh, Miguel. Oh, I was going to say I actually do have a favorite recipe because I feel like I'm really good at, at making this thing. <laughs> Let's hear so, it. Um, on Sunday mornings, well, so we recently found out that my wife is allergic to eggs, sadly. Uh, Me too. And, and breakfast is like her favorite meal of the day. Um, so I'm not a huge egg person anyway, but um, I'm not eating eggs anymore either. And so what I've started to do is I'll either take like these already sliced um, sweet potatoes or I'll take sweet potato noodles and I'll like just saute them for a little bit. And then I add in uh, chorizo from Whole Foods, mm. which is just spiced really, really well. Uh, and so it's not really much work cause I just let the chorizo, uh, cook in the pan and then I heat up the cassava coconut tortillas in a, or right on top of the, um, like the, the gas flame on mm-hmm. the stove. And so they kind of get like a black edge on the outside and they get like a little crispy on the edges, but the middle is like very pliable and so chorizo sweet potato in that as a taco is like hands down my favorite thing dang but the most impressive thing that i've seen um is there's uh, a a woman a chef uh, i think she goes by chef lisa cooks mm-hmm. um on instagram and she made an enchilada casserole so it was like a tortilla and then like some uh, cheese and something else and then another tortilla and then like some meat and something else and then a tortilla on top of that and like from a beauty thing I, I had never seen anything uh, prettier she made it about a year ago and I, I do a lot of the Instagram stuff and I just remember seeing it come through and just being blown away so <laughs> in enchilada casserole never tasted it but Chef Lisa Cooks out on the East Coast is uh, making it happen. I really hope she listens to this podcast and she's like, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, truth be told, uh, enchilada casserole is on my list of things to develop with your tortillas. Make it happen. I have done it before, I'll tell you, but my food hardly ever looks pretty, so you won't see it on Instagram. (laughs) I cook more for function. Yeah, no. <laughs> how y'all bloggers do it. You put out these amazing, beautiful-looking plates. Well, I make two different meals, to tell you the truth. <laughs> because the, <laughs> the running joke used to be in my family that um, if they're coming over for dinner at my house, they better be prepared to eat cold food. <laughs> because you got to take a bunch of pictures first. <laughs> exactly, because we have to take a bunch of pictures. Um, and if it's in the winter, we're going to be having dinner at 4 p.m. because it's too dark after that. Um, so 
if there's if there's a if there's photos happening, usually it's not for a meal. Um, but all the trial runs get served up, you know, in unflattering light. <laughs> so that's oh, awesome. That's fun. Well, that's really really cool. Ooh, you know what else would be really delicious? Someone else should do this too. Maybe me. I don't know. Maybe you'll go wild. Um, Bunuelos. Have y'all tried anything? We have. Every Christmas, we make bunuelos with our almond flour tortillas. Actually, the cassava ones I've done, too. So, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, you take, and you can use our tortillas, um, take an either almond or cassava tortilla and <clears throat> heat up some oil in a pan. And so, you just lightly pan fry it. Um, use some, maybe some coconut oil. And uh, so, you'll... Once once you take it out of the oil, just sprinkle it with some whatever sugar you want to use, coconut sugar um, and cinnamon, and it is delicious. It's like a sweet tostada. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it, it's a traditional recipe uh, in Mexico. Everybody eats buñuelos. I haven't had a buñuelo in so long. I just got so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to happen. Careful with those though cuz I can sit there and eat like 5 of them yeah. in one. <laughs> well, they they come in bags of like 25, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah. how can you not polish that off? <laughs> Just kidding. That's a no-breaks food for me, for sure. Um, that's awesome. Okay, well, last question I have for you guys, and then I'll let you get on to your day. I know you've got a lot of things going on. Um, but do y'all, I know y'all are constantly working. You have these amazing tortillas, and you take a long time to make sure that the products you do put out are top-notch. Do you have any hints? Are y'all thinking about expanding your product list in the future? Or, you know, can you what what bones can you yes. throw me? Because I'm really excited. Yeah, so so very soon. I don't know when this uh, podcast will be um, uh, airing, it'll, but it'll come uh, out next Monday, which will be people listening. This is Monday, the 27th of June. Awesome. Well, in probably in about a month, a month and a half, there will be another tortilla coming to market, um, and. I mean, there aren't many hints that I can give to it, but <laughs> you you guys will know about it when it comes out. And then I think I think it's kind of important that, like, so we were talking about brand earlier, um, and why we decided to call ourselves Siete Foods or Siete Family Foods. It was because we we have this um this grand vision of becoming like the healthy Mexican food company for the natural food space. And so the natural food space is the uh, Whole Foods, natural grocers, um, uh, co-ops of the world. Um, And so that's an entire like market. And not that we'll never sell outside of that market, but we just want to be the, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to be, uh, the healthy Mexican food company for natural food. So I've told people, um, if you know, so let's say somebody like, uh, Annie's organic, Mm -hmm. um, like I consider Annie's organic to be, um, like kind of more traditional, uh, American food. Mm -hmm. Like we want to have, we want to be, um, cross category, similar to Annie's, um, just with, if it's Mexican food, 
I wouldn't put it out of the question of things that we've either considered or things that could be coming to market down the line. So there's definitely a lot of exciting things happening um, for Siete from a, uh, from a food perspective. Oh my gosh, that is so dang exciting. As a Garcia, I can't tell you how many recipes I would like to make, but I don't have, I can't. I can't, I can't even <laughs> adapt them to a paleo lifestyle so that they can even go on my blog um, because some of the basic food products that you would, I mean, you, I mean, I can't even go into it. I'd have to be roasting and <laughs> boiling down chili peppers to make some of these recipes and folks just aren't going to do that. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat, literally. I can't wait. Um, and anything you got, I know you're going to crush it. Anything you ever need from me, please know I'm here for you. Thank you. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on the show. It's really been a pleasure. And for all of you listeners, remember you can find them at sietefoods.com. Did I get that right? Yep. You got it right. Okay, sietefoods.com. Um, you can definitely always order their stuff online if you cannot find it in a store near you. And as always, I will provide all of the direct links in the show notes on my blog, fedandfit.com. So you can go there. You'll be able to see a full transcript of today's show in case, you know, you only were able to listen to half of it and you wanted to read the rest. So you can find all the pertinent information there as, where, as, as well as where to follow these guys on social media. Thanks again, Veronica Miguel, for joining me on the show today. It's really been a pleasure, and I really do wish you guys the best. I know you're going to crush it, and we're going to say we knew you when you just had the two tortillas. (laughs) Thanks so much for having us. It's been fun. Thank you, Cassie. We really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure. We'll be back again next week, everybody.